Right now, let's talk about the situation at hand, though, in the very short term, and that is, of course, the fallout from SVB's collapse and the response by the government this weekend. William Isaac joins us, the former chairman of the FDIC and chairman at Secura Isaac Group. William, thanks so much for being on the TD Ameritrade Network this morning. It's a pleasure to have you. It's my pleasure to be here. Tell me you're, first, you're, uh, take, you're taking me back over in in, in my history, yeah. uh, which very similar situation <laughs> in the uh, late seventies. Um, not not nearly as bad yet, hmm. but, it, but it could get worse. Tell me, uh, firstly, William, how you see the causality of this? I tried to just kind of give a simple description. What am I missing? What I get right? How do you see it? Well, I think your description is about as good as I've heard from anybody right now. Well, thanks. Um, it 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 uh, it really was succinct, um, and and it reminds me so much of when when I joined the FDIC in 1978. Uh, <clears throat> we'd had very high inflation during the 60s and and 70s because fiscal and monetary policies were um, um, out of control. They were were not handled well, very similar to our last 20 years here uh, in this in this period. Um, and Paul Volcker came in and decided to, uh, with, with instructions from President Carter, had decided to uh, raise interest rates and really bring inflation uh, to, to, uh, to, its, uh, to an end. Um, the, the first Pennsylvania bank, which was the largest bank in Philadelphia, in, well, in Pennsylvania, and the and the oldest national bank in the country had had national bank charter number one, uh, did something very similar to what SVB did. It 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 stocked up on on treasury bonds, uh, fixed rates uh, with uh, long yields, uh, long, long maturities, and Boker started raising rates, and and First Pennsylvania was one of the first casualties of it. Um, they they desperately needed to be salvaged and and we wound up uh, the FDIC wound up loaning um, first first Pennsylvania a lot of money at the time it's a, in those dollars it it's it's, a, it's a, in today's dollars it's pretty small but after all the inflation we've had but it was five hundred million dollars which was a lot of money at the time and uh, so the FDIC rescued first Pennsylvania. Um, and 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 of course fired the, the managers and and the board members and so forth. And uh, First Pennsylvania, the, the oldest national bank in the country, uh, failed. It was gone. Uh, I mean, it, it, it didn't fail immediately, but we did wind it down. Hmm. Uh, much similar to what's going on today. I don't think this is the uh, the end. I think this is somewhere in the earlier stages of uh, the problems we're facing. It's going to be a very tough slog. I hope we don't have the, the number of bank failures we had in the 80s, which was very, very high. What makes you say that, uh, William? Is it because there are other banks that uh, are overinvested into long-duration assets, and uh, you have a macro view that the Fed's going to have to keep doing what they've been doing ultimately? Or is this sort of a domino effect where one gets hit, there are knock-on effects? Why do you think there's uh, potentially more to come? Well, my experience is you don't have one-off very often. I mean, occasionally you may have some bad fraud that is not uh, is not in indicative of what's going on around the country. I don't believe this is one-off. Uh, we've already had uh, two or three, three, I guess, if you count uh, Silvergate and and uh, mm -hmm. the uh, 
uh, SVB and and uh, the one in uh, in New York that, uh, that went down. So that's three already of pretty good size. And uh, um, I don't think I don't think that's going to be the end of these problems with the Fed having to raise rates and tighten the money supply and all that. Um, and and you, you've got a lot of real estate issues around the country. So I don't think this is the end. Uh, and I don't think we should um, get too optimistic. Uh, I'm not saying we should panic because the government's going to be in control of uh, this to a significant degree and we'll be able to uh, alleviate some of the pain. Uh, but I, I don't think we're done with the adjustments. We, we've been we've been spending money that we don't have, trillions. That we went from a $5.5 trillion federal debt at the end of the Clinton administration to $31 trillion today, just 20 years later, unheard of uh, growth in the, in the money, um, in the debt, uh, federal debt. And on top of that, you have 20, uh, 10 billion, 9 billion of, of Fed debt. Uh, Fed debt was about, oh, maybe less than a trillion in the, at the end of the Clinton administration. So you've got a, a, about $40 trillion of federal debt, including uh, the Federal Reserve debt. I don't think that I don't think that indicates there are no problems around. We we have some big adjustments we have to make. Mm. Congress needs to do it. The, the budget's out of control. William, what do you make of uh, the FDIC's bank term funding facility, the program that the government uh, uh, began this weekend? Uh, is that uh, going to permanently alleviate some of these issues? It certainly uh, changes the way banks uh, right now, or at least over this weekend, have been able to uh, uh, pledge their uh, pledge collateral to bonds basically at par. Um, if this had been the case, would this have happened? If, if this had been the case, what would have happened? I didn't understand that question. If we, if the government's new bank term funding facility, if this had uh, already been in place, would we have had this issue uh, with uh, Silicon Valley banks, bonds, having to take the big loss on the treasuries when they hadn't planned to, when they had been expected to be able to hold this to duration. Do you think any of the measures by the FDIC this weekend uh, sort of absolve other banks from the same problem? Well, certainly they help. Um, I don't believe that we can, we can make these problems go away, which are fundamental problems. Uh, the federal deficit uh, is, is way out of, out of control. And the Fed has way, way too big a balance sheet. And uh, those things can't uh, be, you know, dismissed. Uh, we, we have to have some fundamental restructuring of the way the government's operating. And I hope the Congress will get serious about it. <clears throat> so far, they, they haven't been, uh, particularly uh, the Biden administration with its latest budget proposal. We, this just doesn't work. We've got to fix this. Uh, and the sooner we do it, the better. What do you think the conversations like right now from your experience um, uh, in the 80s and seeing the relationship between the president, the Fed and the economy? What do you think that conversation is looking like right now? Do you think there is pressure on Powell to stop his uh, interest rate hikes? Well, I know there was a lot of pressure on Paul Volcker, uh, who I worked with for a decade or so, and uh, uh, Paul Volcker resisted it. And I, I'm not saying he didn't listen to people and he didn't make uh, 
some accommodations here and there, but but the Fed has to be independent and has to do what's right for the economy in the long term. We also don't want to create a crisis uh, unnecessarily, and and when there is a crisis, we need to calm it down uh, because we're in this for the long term. But I I think that the Fed's got to do what's right uh, for the economy generally, and not be too um, um, admit uh, you know. Uh, commit too much to uh, <clears throat> trying to alleviate things. I do think that, I mean, Volcker was a was an amazing person and had such strength. Uh, he, he really did uh, hold the line for a long time and kept and kept the interest rates under control, the money supply under control, and we, we whipped inflation. We really did lick inflation. But um, we, we gave all that up beginning around 2000, um, and, and the last 20 years have, have been miserable in terms terms of fiscal and monetary policies. The uh, uh, potential here uh, to, to that point, uh, William, that uh, Powell in the short term will assess uh, the damage from this fallout. Uh, is this in a way uh, part of the process? Should one expect this uh, in the a, a Volcker style uh, interest rate uh, regime against inflation? Should Powell expect, look at this as perhaps a kind of painful but necessary outcome? I believe that that the Fed has to do some tough some tough things, as does the Congress. Congress has got to get fiscal policy under control. It's wildly uh, out of control, and so the Congress and the Fed are going to have to take some some tough actions, uh, some disciplined actions, uh, and and we, as the American public and business community, we're going to have to uh, uh, draw in our belts as well. Well, we, we have to fix this problem. It doesn't get better on its own. It only gets worse. Um, so I, I don't believe that this is a time to surrender and say, we give up. This is too painful. Mm, okay. we, we, we can't do that. All right. Noted. Uh, William, thanks a lot for the thoughts. I appreciate you being here this morning. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. William Isaac, former chairman of the FDIC and chairman of Secura Isaac Group. Uh, definitely an important comment there at the end about um, what Powell uh, should be doing and how to kind of take this in stride to some degree.